Welcome back to another episode of JP and the Beanstalk. Oh boy, we're here. The energy is fantastic. In the gym, we have year and energy. We're recording on New Year's Eve, Riles. We are. It's kind of fun. What a way to celebrate. Yeah, I know. Maybe in a couple of years, we just, we'll just have the, uh, uh, have our own ball drop. Yes. Do you think a lot of people will come? Maybe. Okay. What's a lot of people Maybe, to you? Yeah, no, Dozens? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Single digits. Healthy expectations. If we hit ten, that way we can be happy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's beauty of uh, beauty of low expectations, as uh, one of my dad's friends used to say way back in the day, and I've adopted that saying as my own. You're, oh, for sure. You tend to be happier that way. Have to be. Yeah. I remember, have you, have you ever made like a big deal out of New Year's? Was that something growing up that was like celebrated? By you, your family, anything along those lines? Kind of. Yeah? Like... Never really was for me. That's why I'm always curious. Well, like, we had, like... So back when I was a kid and our family was still together mm-hmm. as a whole unit. Mm-hmm. My immediate family. Exactly. But, like, exactly. the uncles and the aunts, it gets a little crispy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. before, when we were all together and all along and everything was going great, they would be... they We would all be at my grandparents' house for, like... The entire week. So sure. it'd be Christmas to New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. We'd all be together. So mm-hmm. we kind of celebrated. Yep. But it was just because we were all together and all around anyways. Yep. So yep. nowadays it's like, yeah, like tonight, I, first of all, I don't even remember what I did for New Year's last year. Couldn't even tell you. Right. So. The, really the only, only New Year's that I have any, there's only a couple that have any like recollection of especially from growing up and from growing up it was the old y2k you might be a little too young to remember this but once upon a time i thought the whole world was gonna die elderly folks really thought that computers were gonna explode as soon as the uh calendar turned from 1999 to 2000 that's so odd yes and yet you had people legitimately stocking up like emergency supplies of water dry goods or canned goods rather uh, turns out nothing happened. It was an election year. It was, Think about it. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I conspiracy theorist, but. But. But if I was. I but if I was. Yeah. So I remember that. Big oil. Just. A lot of it probably comes back to the fact that I don't typically like staying up very late. And so the idea of staying up until it's a new year has always been very anticlimactic for me at best. Right. I just it gets after midnight and I'm going, well, now I'm really tired and I'm going to be really tired tomorrow now. I was this great. So call me an old man. It's true. But it's just not that big, that big of a deal to me. Yeah. No. And as far I'm just going to go on a little bit of a rant as well. New Year's resolutions. Also never something that's really gripped me. Right. Because it doesn't take that long for the whole new year flavor to wear off. And now it's March. You don't feel like doing it as it pertains to the. Well, because of the new year, it's like, listen, if you're going to do something different, just do something different, whether it's January, May, September. And so I'm not trying to disregard and hate on those that are able to tangibly use the energy from that new year into propelling themselves into something better. Hey, if it's a marker for you, that's helpful. Great. Just hasn't been for me. No, I'm with you on that. Like if you need because if you need change, right, just make change. Yeah, ex- exactly. Because if you're going to get to March and be like, until next year, that's huh. there's no point into what you just did. Yep. No. As a matter of fact, I remember back in the Cedar Falls Rec Center days, 
and I always worked the opening shift. So we opened the doors at 530 in the morning and without fail, because I worked there for a few years, without fail, every January 2nd, because we were not open January 1st, I would open those doors and my goodness had the people multiplied that came through those doors. And without fail, within a couple of weeks, it had winnowed down. Another couple of weeks, it hit February, it's winnowed down even further. And out of the like, let's say two dozen new faces that you saw January 2nd, there were two that would stick around. And kudos to them. Major kudos to them for sticking it out March, April, and beyond. Those are the real ones. Those are the real ones. Those are the real ones. But it just goes to show that when you're trying to use kind of like an arbitrary date as a reason for changing. And, and again, that's true whether you're going, well, by May 1st, I'm going to. It's like, listen, just make the change. Simple, okay. hard, but just make the change. So anyway, be almost New Year to you. It's great to be here. It's been a phenomenal year for us as a podcast. This partnership continues to just refresh and bring joy to my life. So I'm grateful for it. Yes. Um, you know, th- I should have had like some like track record of growth or something for us. Sure. Um, sure. but so I will just tell you what we were at. Let's just wildly speculate and say it's, uh, we're in the millions. Right. I will, here, here's what, like, here's what uh, I will just, I will, no, we want to be honest. Okay. I will okay. say, I will say what our YouTube subscriber count is oh, sure, sure, because sure. I don't know what the stream count of the year. Was. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are at a solid 211. Take it. That's great. So God bless you. That all. is where we are at. That's really cool. I don't guys. know if that's good or bad. We're I take it as a good. Well, no, I, in the sense of, I don't remember where we were last year. At the very least 210. So at the very least we've gained one. Right. And I remember I'm choosing to celebrate oh, dude, for a while. We were stuck at 209. I would just look at the 209 and I'd just be like, 209. What a funny number like, to get. Just give me lodged on. That happened when we first started, right? Because we were <laughs> right. stuck on 17. That's right. Forever. I remember 17 and hating the number. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. it is kind of a garbage number. It's worthless when you turn 17 because it's not as good as 16, not as worthwhile as 18. 17, garbage number, one of the worst. Now we're very appreciative of, yeah. of 200. Yeah, everybody that does listen, that does watch, we appreciate it. Feel free to uh, send us feedback at any time in regards to what you enjoy, what you don't like, or what you'd care to see and listen to in the future because we're always open to iterating and uh and molding our content to fit you the beautiful listener i tell you what if we had a thousand by the end of the year next year mm-hmm. i'll cry live wow yeah real tears yeah genuine you don't need me to pinch you i don't know okay worst case scenario i'll just like look off the screen for a second just spray water in my face and come back and just crying you know hey, whatever it takes whatever it takes well we're excited to discuss the year that was because now that we are Officially at the end of 2023, what better time than to look back and reflect on what we witnessed, what we loved, didn't love, uh, and everything in between. Also to look ahead at the upcoming year, because 2024 promises to be another formative year in the world of entertainment, particularly in our preferred niches of comic book movies. And Riles, it turns out we're really fresh, and by fresh, I mean mere minutes off of having watched Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Yes. Great. We saw it today. We saw it just minutes ago. Ending our year with a bang. Wow. How about that? So, obviously, we'll throw in a classic JP and the Beans top five. Blessing you good folks. Before we get to the end, let's start at the beginning, and Riles, let's talk Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I think overall... We're both feeling positive about yes. it coming out. It was good. Yes. What'd you enjoy about it, Riles? 
again, I, I got to compliment the final fight mm. between Aquaman and Black Manta. Yep. And then the way that the trident ate the other trident. Great. That was pretty sweet. That's a good Robin Hood right? move right there. Yes. That's, that's from my youth where Robin Hood shoots the arrow. It annihilates the arrow already in the target, splits it in half. I mean, I'm always down for that kind of action. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think the most enjoyable part of the entire movie was probably the relationship between Aquaman and Orm. Yeah. And they didn't rush into it nope. either. Took their time to get there. And they're still not even on, like, great terms, but they're sure. just, like, on better, better. terms. Better. I think that's yeah. mainly because of their mama. Like, if mom wasn't Elf. around, like, if mom would have died, I don't think they would have been the same. I think they would have also, I think they would have broke apart again. You know what? And that was good parenting, because Atlanta allowed them to make their own choice, mm-hmm. but she was certainly an encouraging force behind that of, hey, this is good for you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, mm-hmm. but... Seek some relationship with your brother. And yet she didn't force it. It was encouraged. But well done, Atlanta. Quality parenting right there, 2023. So I I think that would be the highlights of the movie for me. Yeah. I agree. The dynamic between Aquaman, Arthur Curry, and Orm. Just Orm, by the way. There's no last name for him. Interesting. The artist formerly known as Orm. He definitely has to have a last name. too, right? I mean, Orm, Ocean Master, doesn't really qualify. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I'm going to try not to get hung up on that. But I agree, the dynamic between those two um, was terrific, both as characters and even as the dichotomy that you see in the actor uh, between Jason Momoa and... Uh, oh, farts. Now I'm blanking on... Uh, help me out here. Our our good buddy who played Orm. Patrick Wilson. Thank you. Gosh, I just had a complete brain fart. I only knew it because it was... Right on my phone. I'm so glad. I totally blanked. And I, I was hyping him up last pod for having a shirtless opportunity. He was shredded. He crushed it. He did. He, he did looked good. good. Highlight the movie for me. Yeah. Hashtag not gay. Well, but he looked good. Anyways. And he put in the work. Uh, last name's Marius. Orm. Okay. Or Marius. Okay. Okay. That's a good last name for a guy with the first name of Orm. I know, but like. It's outstanding. The last letter being the same as the first letter of the last. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, M-M- it doesn't, yeah. Or it, it Marius. Doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue. No, no. No. It's fine. But I agree. Their dynamic was, was very solid. Uh, they played off each other well. One of the funnier parts of the movie is when they're running through the jungle. And you wouldn't think of it, or at least I wouldn't have thought of it, but they call attention to the fact that Orm has spent very little time out of water and so when he's running he's not using his arms his arms are just trailing behind him <laughs> and Hawkman's going what are you doing like i don't know how to run it's like you gotta use your arms it, that was great it was actually really cool that they acknowledged the fact yes like it was just like oh you know that does make sense mm-hmm. like that's not crazy like the fact that he doesn't know about cockroaches right Right, he doesn't know what to expect at all when it comes to the surface world. Which, by the way, one of the funniest things you could ever do to anybody. <laughs> no, this they're, is really good. They're not from here and it's being like, yeah, so we eat these regularly. Mm-hmm. And then they have mm-hmm. no idea and they'll never question it. No, that was that was tremendous. I, I, thought the, I thought the story as a whole did a good job of building off of the first Aquaman movie, which is no small feat because it's been several years since our original Aquaman film came out, but I thought it struck a really nice balance of telling its own story and yet building off of what had come before. And that's Mm -hmm. difficult for sequels to do. Now, there was... There 
it wasn't, here's the deal. It was not short. It didn't feel short to me at all. And yet I would have loved for it to be another 10, 15 minutes longer, just to flesh out a little bit more of the character development, some of the transitions from one location to another. Uh, there were times where it was just like, oh, we're just here without enough for me explanation of how we arrived there. Read. I think what could have been done better too is they were building up to the bad, bad, bad man. Yeah. You had right. Black Man who was a stud. Right. And it was hilarious when he lost his powers and he just got easily beat. But <laughs> uh but like after that and then having uh like this guy just be built up throughout the entire movie and then them just kill him yeah. as quick as yeah. they did was kind of a bummer. Correct. Because it's like, oh so he wasn't that tough. Yeah. That's... So or you know, at least give us an explanation on why, like, oh, the magic has weakened him over the over all these years. So that's probably why he was so easily it's, killed. Right. It's such a common pitfall of movies in general. So not comic movies in particular, but movies in general where you build up or hype up the adversary as, oh, he's so difficult to destroy. He has all this power and then he's dispatched like that. Whereas Black Manta and his forces throughout the movie were were formidable, right? Were substantial. Now, Tom Curry definitely should have died. Like, there's no reason, truly, there's no reason for Black Manta not to have killed him. Especially when he goes, I'm going to leave you alive just long enough for him to watch you die. Hey. I'm about to say that. Like, was a, that was a mess. It's like, he needs to die. He does. I thought he was going to die on that rock. And, right. and then they're like, he'll be okay. And it's like, that, right? what? <laughs> right. It's like, so we're just keeping everybody alive here. Our predictions were wildly wrong. Well, See, like, I think it would have made the movie better in the sense, which sounds kind of mad, bad, but like, <laughs> it would have made the movie better, bad, it would have made it better mm -hmm. because, you know, he comes in, he just lost his dad, now they both killed each other's dads, yep. and I think Aquaman would have been maybe more easily manipulated mm -hmm. by the, you're by the thing, Don't think you're and maybe it would have been Orm saving him instead, which I think would have been even better, right? right, right. and less predictable. Yep. And then it would have been kind of more even redeeming for both of them. Correct. But, you know. Correct. I'm not a writer, so. Yeah. I thought they I handled. Am, but I'm not. I thought, I thought they handled the character of Orm really well, where he wasn't just trusted by default. Like, there, they were constant reminders of, hey, this guy wants to actually be the king. He used kind of underhanded means in the first movie by deploying and partnering with Black Manta. So he's not afraid to fight dirty. And so it wasn't an instant, oh, we should just trust this guy. The move to partner with Orm on the part of Aquaman was truly made out of desperation, right? right? right. And so that was handled, that was truly handled really well. I thought they handled the character of Mira really well. Now, someone who's a Mira fan and the two of you out there, I'm sorry, but truly, I, I think they put her character, especially because of the off-screen shenanigans automatically the producers and director of the movie are put into a tough spot. But when they had to reduce her role, I thought they struck the right balance of reducing the amount of time she spent on the screen without sacrificing her character entirely. Now it's a big drop from the amount of time she had in the first movie, to the amount of time she had in the second movie, essentially Orm took that spot. Right. But it didn't feel like a disservice to the story 
in and of itself. So in a vacuum, it worked. And it wasn't clunky either. Like, right. They made it, it make not. sense. It's yep. like, oh, no, no, we need him. And I think that was always the intention of this. Yep. But I I think they, I definitely think they cut her screen time in the sense of like There's which, no doubt. what she got. Yeah. Now, she still had some outstanding moments. Like she saves Arthur by pulling the rock off of him using her telekinesis water powers. So, I mean, she's got moments. Literally, flex. Literally every time she she would show up randomly, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> or I'd be like, oh, oh. Like every time, because I was like, is the, is she dying? And she came really close. Right. I mean, for as off as our, you know, it's a it's a win or lose quotient, right? So there's no there's no uh, adjacency points here. But we were almost right. Mira almost died. Tom Curry almost died. Orm almost died. Like he got hit hard by Black Manta. Yeah. Hard by Black Manta. So there were a lot of near misses. And frankly, I don't mind the pulling of the punch, so to speak. Like, I don't want any of those three characters to have died. But Tom Curry should have died. That's yeah, the one where, sorry, Tom, like, you, your time was up, but yeah. you needed to go. 100%. Yeah. Um, there were a few moments where the CGI clearly wasn't fully baked. It was like a... Mm, yeah. For sure. We're getting into flash baby falling territory. Not quite that bad. Not quite that bad, but it was about that 70% mark where it's like, we're not fully there yet, are we? Can we also appreciate the fact that Black Manta went like full 1960s villain? Wow. In the sense of like all of his henchmen had matching gear. Kudos. Like he was going ancient Atlantean and he's like, let's just keep going into, you know, Digging into the past. Let's everybody's gonna wear the same stuff. You're all nameless except for you. Your name is Stingray. It's like why? Because okay. And I thought we, she was gonna be like a mutant Stingray, and here we are, and she's a normal person. Just with the name Bummer. Stingray. That's bullcrap. But like absolute bullcrap. But like seriously though, like I just it was very 1960s. Great call. By feeling you. no, truly like, a great especially call like those you. weird octo robots. I was like, yeah, yeah. okay. Right. This is Saturday morning cartoonish. It, there, there is no doubt. It's like, are you all like agents of Hydra? Because that's what it looks like. Right, right, right. right. And yeah. again, I don't like, I didn't hate it. But I was just like, <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, so there's a uniform for it down here? <laughs> Where do you all get these uniforms made? Like, okay. these are incredibly uniform, literally. Who's producing these? Because I was like, okay, I've seen like tactical gear and stuff. That kind of makes sense, <laughs> right. right? You all get the same right. bulletproof vests because it's on sale. Mm-hmm. If you buy in bulk, but like these were all like leftover rubber X Men suits from the original X Men right. movie. Like he did his research, except they had hoods. He, he like he like did his research and was like, okay, everybody needs these. I love the top buttons. Mm-hmm. Let's keep those. Mm-hmm. And it's like what? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a choice. Something that I've really appreciated about both Aquaman movies now is that they have been very intentional about world building. And that has been, I think, to, you know, to its benefit and something that's a really impressive kind of paradigm for, hey, as as you look at, you know, and we're teasing a little bit, but as we start looking ahead at what's to come with DC, I think there's some healthy reflection that can be done on both these two movies in the sense of it didn't just live in Atlantis, like it showed distinct and different layers of the Atlantis uh, 
realm or kingdom, right? Which makes a lot of sense because, yeah, the oceans are huge and vast. So, of course, it makes a lot of sense that there are going to be multiple kingdoms that fall under the overall umbrella of Atlantean rule or at least influence. Um, but just to see the different layers uh, and styles and even like physical characteristics of those additional kingdoms was a lot of fun to see, right? They're not just all humanoid or human in you know mm-hmm. appearance. Uh, that was, I thought, a lot of fun. And it's something that the two movies did really well. Did really good. absolutely, yeah, and to build like the heritage of whether it's the lost kingdom in this movie or the trench in the previous movie to call back to that history of Atlantis, where it's not just that it fell into the ocean, but there's uh, there's additional intrigue there, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it, great quite a bit. But the action was great, and again, you hear me say it time and time again: when you're an action movie, you have to have good action, and that was present here. Yeah. There were a lot. There was a lot of action. There was certainly not a lack of it. Um, so my my complaints are really, you know, or my nits to pick are really relatively small. I was really entertained by the movie. I thought it was good, enjoyable. I'm not going to hold it up there as like a pinnacle of comic book movie achievement, right? But it's a really good movie. They didn't mail it in, and that I think is a real credit when. You're no longer being able to build towards something. I, I would not have been surprised at all if coming out of that movie, you know, we're going, damn, that was rough. And they they clearly just said, you know what? We're uh we're done here. We we don't give any Fs like we did with the Flash movie. I mean, that was clearly felt with the Flash movie. So kudos to James Wan. He had his opportunity, he crushed it. it both movies were beautiful visually and he even dipped into the horror element that he is so uh fond of mm-hmm. a couple of times like where black manta is kidnapping arthur jr and he's hiding in the no longer lit home and then the two red eyes yeah. light up that was a sweet shot it was that was really cool it was dope yeah unfortunately the baby didn't die so No, I'll tell them what I told you in the car. It's like, you know, I, I all jokes like aside, as soon as it, it was starting to cook up where the possibility was there, I was like, oh, no, you can't, you cannot pull the trigger on this. So I literally the whole time I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to see a kid die. Oh, especially for a demon sacrifice, oh, actually. Right, right. A legit human sacrifice, like not even an accidental, oh dear, that's a really unfortunate mishap. It's like this is intentional freaking murder right. to revive like a dead king. Yes. Gross. Well, it was and they didn't say they needed a lot of blood, because clearly it wasn't a lot of blood. Oh, but, but he's going for the kill. He's not just doing a little nick. It's, it's a baby, mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. a little bit of blood for yep. a baby is not good, right? right and right. so you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, oh. right. So thank God, yeah. Oh, he he got eaten. Yeah, I'm very happy they didn't kill the kid. Yeah. They never wanted the kid to die, but but yeah, <laughs> I feel like I might have to clarify in this day and age that I didn't actually want a fake baby to die. Valid. It's good to hear that from you. That's really good to hear that from you. Um, Black Manta was a phenomenal villain. Two for two. Yeah. I love him. He had a great run. I want, I, James, if you're hearing this, bring that guy back to just be Black Manta. That's That's one of the guys that needs to just return. Totally agree. He was, that was one of the best castings. Yeah. I stand by my last top five. Yeah. I think he was in my, 
what is he two for me? He was up there for you. Yeah. And it was a worthwhile pick. Yes. Yep. So bring him back. I think he's gonna be Wonder Man in the MCU. Hmm. I think. Sure. So which I'm like, eh. Yeah. It has nothing to do with him. It's just Arnold's Rabbit Wonder Man. Right. So No, he made a good run. I, I think what I'm most disappointed in has nothing to do with the movie in and of itself. It just has everything to do with the fact that we have to be done now with Jason Momoa as Aquaman with Patrick Wilson as Orm because like I just referenced the world building has been so intentional and largely well done that man you can get that there is more story to be told here I would have seen a third one absolutely. In a yeah yeah absolutely so that that's a bummer um and and I am also truly glad and looking forward to coming back to the two Aquaman movies, you know, with my own kids, for my own edification years down the road, they stand really well alone, right? They don't and never did need the wider DC universe to uh, to exist or to even put out quality content. Which, speaking of the wider DC universe, uh, I was promised Batman in this movie, Affleck, and he never showed up. And now IMDb has scrubbed him from the casting list, so I call shenanigans. I'm- I was lied to. Yeah, I don't care. I'm glad I didn't see it. I know, that's the right posture. <laughs> you know what would be even better? would be even better if they were like George Clooney. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Right? Just that would be perfect. With big middle finger up Just there. Just to acknowledge the fact that the universe changed. Yeah. Oh, that would so uh, funny, dude. Oh. Uh, but they didn't. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hey. You know, I don't look. I don't think this is the last time Jason Momoa will be a superhero. Mm-hmm. I think there's a very good chance we get him as Lobo. I, I think James Wan should be directing more superhero movies. Totally agree. Hundred percent. Totally I think agree. He nailed it. I don't. I had no problem. Again, right. I think he shoots some of the best fight scenes I've mm-hmm. seen in a comic book movie. So mm-hmm. I would love for him to come back and take the reins. And it doesn't. You can throw him on Aquaman again, but throw him on something different, maybe even. I agree. Put him, uh, put him with the Green Lanterns. Or Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Give him the opportunity, or yep. something that gives him the opportunity to have a horror aspect. Yep. Like, I would love to see that, too. Yeah. So, uh, Constantine, maybe, in that yeah. sense. Uh, the Demon Etrigan. Yeah. So, something like that. Justice League Dark. There you go. Yeah. Right there. When a director does well with a not top-tier character, and not only, and by does well, I mean takes that raw material and turns it into more than what he, he or she started with, that to me is a, hey, you need to have this individual doing more films. And James Wan, no question, I think did a great job with the two Aquaman films. Uh, and I would love to see, especially considering like he didn't get to choose to cast Jason Momoa, his Aquaman, right? When that decision's already been made for you, that's a, Big decision. Your lead character right. has already been defined for lead actor or actress. And so, and shoot, even Mara, I suppose you could have recast her, but still, technically, she had already been cast. So, pretty impressive, I think, right. that a lot of the decisions that a director would normally have a hand in were already made for him. And he still, like, it, it didn't limit him at all. So, I would mm-hmm. love to see James Wan doing more work. I don't know why I prefer him in the DC universe. I, I think he could do wonders in the Green Lantern universe because of how well he build worlds and there are worlds to be built right. there. So that's my personal preference. 
but just as long as the guy is still allowed to create things like yeah, that's absolutely. great yeah anything else you want to hit on on I the lost kingdom side man too yeah solid finale for the character solid uh solid sequel overall again entertaining worthwhile if you haven't seen it recommend uh certainly recommend seeing it so very solid well Let's move on by looking back, Miles. How, now, how do you want to do this? So I, I'm going to go, I think we just go blow by blow, mm-hmm. okay? There was a lot of content in 2023. There's a lot of content to come in 2024. So I think we just go from beginning of the year okay. to the end of the year, and uh, we'll kind of pause with, uh, here's what I'll do. I'll take them three at a time, okay? So okay. we'll do little bundles here. Well, because here, here, here is... An idea. Of okay, law, okay. Okay. Let's hear it. Because we could just be like, okay, did this meet expectations? Was mm. this a boom or was this a bust? Which is fantasy that's football perfect. talk. Oh, that's and perfect. then so we can do that, and then we can do the same thing when we're looking ahead as well. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Okay, cool. So we'll, I'll rattle these off. Here's what I'm going to try and do. I'm going to try and group them in the time of year, time of the year that they came out. All right. So these are all. 2023, the movies and TV shows that came out. Again, this is not a comprehensive, literally everything that no. came out, but this is... We have lives outside of this podcast. Believe it or not, we do. And so this is more in line with content that we've discussed previously. It's obviously stuff that one or both of us have seen, right? So, Absolutely. so there shouldn't be any surprises here. So let's start in the springtime of 2023. All right, so we're going to rattle off three here. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania, which came out February 17th. Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 1 dropped March 1st. And then Shazam, Fury of the Gods, that dropped March 17th. So we've got a Marvel movie, a Star Wars show, and a DC movie that kind of got us going in early 2023. And these boomer busts are based on our expectations. 100%. So let's start with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantum Mania. Riles, you go first. Boomer bust for you. Absolute bust. Mm-hmm. This was a bust. The way that this was built up with Kang, it should have been a lot better than it was. They had some opportunities that just felt missed. Yep. For what now, again, I, it's a movie I would probably rewatch. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot about this movie that just did not meet the hype um, or the expectations. So for me, it was a bust. Yeah, uh, this is a bust as well. And mind you, with, I would say, I would say modest expectations, and it still didn't meet them. And what I mean by that is this has always felt like an odd place for a character that is supposed to have the significance of Kang to be introduced to fandom as a whole, right? Because unless you're someone that watched Loki season one, which most you know most Marvel fans didn't, and that's totally okay. You don't even know about Kang as a character, right? And he wasn't even referred to as Kang in Loki season one. It was he who remains. So when you're introducing and trying to set a foundation for such a character and villain in particular of significance, it's going to be tricky when you're partnering them up with a character that is not an A-list superhero in Ant-Man. And listen, the two previous Ant-Man movies have been perfectly fine, right? Like they've they've been passes. I think people mostly I, I probably enjoyed the first one more. I did not not enjoy the second one. Agreed. But it was just it was kind of filler. Here, this just was never a good partnership. And not only was it not a good partnership, but they committed the sin that we referenced earlier 
with Aquaman the Lost Kingdom of you dispatch the villain far too easily. Uh-huh. King, this version of King, he cannot be beaten at the end of this movie. And he's beaten. And by beaten, we presume dead. Luckily, but it happened. Luckily they killed. Yes. That absolutely can't happen. The best case scenario here would have been for Ant-Man and the Wasp to have escaped like by the hair of their chinny-chin-chins, beaten and bruised, and Hank Pym was flat-out murdered by Kang right. in the Quantum Realm. And Ant-Man and the Wasp are coming back going, oh my gosh, we have to tell people that he's coming. Like, he can't stay trapped in the Quantum Realm. So this was a miss, absolutely a bust mm-hmm. all the way around. Bust. Okay, Mandalorian Season 3. I'll go first here. I thought this was a boom. I really enjoyed this. Now, I have found Star Wars content to be, for most of my life, extraordinarily divisive among fans. Like, people either love it or hate it. There's very little middle ground. I have come into each Mandalorian season with not low, but again, just really modest, neutral expectations. I really enjoyed season three. I love the expansion of the Mandalorian uh, people and the return of the homeworld. Bo-Katan Chris, or Kreese, rather, this was almost a show or season more about her than about our dear beloved Mando. Mm-hmm. Um, Grogu coming back into the fold was forced, but listen, it's still a pairing that works with him and Mando. So I enjoyed season three quite a bit. For me, this was this was a boom. I thought the action was great. I enjoyed it. I loved it, but for me, it met expectations because yeah. I hold that series to a high standard anyways. Okay. Um and there wasn't anything that like was like crazy for me. Mm. Um, I will say what kept this from being a boom yep. is the fact that we went to clones again. That was tough for me. Freaking clones. And man. then it was like a weird, like yep. kind of like throwaway thing. Mm. So it's like, why even bring it up in the first place that you're doing it? Sure. And uh, sure. yeah, I want Grogu to be an adult so bad. Um, <laughs> so that's where I'm at. I and I'm excited to see where it goes next. Yep. So okay. met expectations. Yep. Mando season three. Cool. All right. Shazam Fury of the Gods. What'd you think about this one, bud? I gotta say bust. Okay. I gotta say bust. I was borderline with met expectations on this, mm-hmm. but it's just That's where it was for me was met expectations. My expectations weren't high. Uh and it met them. On account of them being low, had I come in with higher expectations, I probably would have been bummed. It was not at the same quality as the first one. It, you know it was not. You know what? I will change my answer to that. That's fine. Join the group. Because, group. And it's because I remember coming in with zero mm-hmm. and kind of leaving with like, that was there. Yeah. A theme here on these busts or even meeting expectations is the villain was just meh. And that was the case here. The, the adversaries were just meh in my right. opinion well one was went to the good side one right. eventually went to the good side and then the other one was kind of angry right just mad like very underdeveloped motives yeah. agreed yeah. agreed all right so let's move on to a little bit later in the springtime we're coming up on the summertime here um how about the super Mario bros movie it came out april 5th and guardians of the galaxy volume three we think of those riles uh super mario brothers Absolute boom. Mm, mm-hmm. That was a boom for me yep. because video game movies scared the bejesus out of me. They're usually not very good. They usually are busts yep. a mile wide. Yep. And you'd see them get announced and you're like, it's going to be bad. You're like, 
<laughs> no, especially when it's a game you really love and you're like, right. no. Right. But this, this was above and beyond expectations. The voice cast nailed it. Mm. Don't care what anybody says about Chris Pratt voicing Mario. I think he was fine. He was great. So he was great. I agree. This is absolute a, boom. This is a boom as well. Um, it was what it needed to be. It was fun. It didn't take itself too seriously. I enjoyed that it incorporated more than just the Super Mario Bros. Like the Donkey Kong inclusion was fantastic. Um, it, it, it was fun. It, this truly was fun. I enjoyed watching it with my son. He had a good time with it. So that's what a kid's movie primarily targeted towards kids and based on a video game should be. It's fun. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and till the end of tonight, if Jack Black is in the movie, I'm going to go watch it because oh, it's Jack Black. What an inspired choice for Bowser, by the way. Oh, 100%. Do you see, for the sequel, he wants it to be called Bowser's Revenge and the whole thing to be a musical? I'm 100% all in, by the way. It's 100%. You can't, you can't hate so, that idea. No. That's great. All right, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I mean, this is a boom. It's 100% a boom. Yeah. This, this expectations were high and they blasted it through the roof this is incredible absolute and boom another you know a send-off for james gunn for the whole cast uh what we assume is the majority of the cast and they absolutely crushed it with story about a cgi raccoon in his origin are you kidding if you can make a raccoon appealing to me then mm-hmm. congrats that's a boom yeah i mean we don't have to spend a lot of time on this one because we've spent plenty of time on it previously and i imagine it'll come up in the top five range but what a great, what a great film. Terrific action, great story. Really no complaints here. It was mm-hmm. tremendous, tremendous. All right, let's move into the month of June. We got a quadruple hit here. We'll hit a few. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse came out June 2nd. Transformers Rise of the Beasts came out on June 9th. You saw that one, I did not. And then, of course, the movie of the summer, The Flash, came out on June 16th. And let's, you know, just for funsies, let's throw in Secret Invasion, which came out on June twenty first. Uh yeesh. so let's let's start positive. Across the Spider Verse, boomer, boom. Hello, hundred percent boom. Wow, again, yeah. We we knew it was going to be good, and it was even better than expected. It was great. The boom. only disappointment is, is a cliffhanger. Yep. And so now we're just left <sighs> waiting for the next one. Right. Absolutely. Right. It was tremendous. Um, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. You had a chance to see it. I did not take the opportunity to see it. What'd you think? Boom. Yeah. That's a boom for me. Great. Uh, so my expectations were neutral. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I came out of that. I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted from a Transformers movie. I just wanted right. a bunch of explosions and people beat it, beat each other up. Right. Just nailed it. Right. I'm all in. Was it, now remind me, was this set? In the 90s. In the 90s. Okay. So prior to prior Michael to the, Bay. Yes. Yep. Michael Bay yep. was on this project. Um, but... He was not the director. He was just the producer. Got it. That's great. It was solid. I'm glad that it was what it was supposed to be. Because when the Transformers movies have been, I'm going to say, worth watching, they have not tried to be more than what they are, which is giant robots battling other giant robots. And they let a a different robot shine. Mm. You know, it wasn't Mm. like the Bumblebee show like it normally is. You know, they they brought in Pete Davidson's voiced character. Who was honestly a delight, mm. and yeah, so yeah, they can keep crank, they can keep cranking those movies out as long as they keep following the same formula. And as far as I'm concerned, before anybody jumps on me, Bumblebee had great moments in that movie. Still, he mm. just was not the focal. Sure, like sure. him coming back into the fight. 
Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. So but it wasn't a Bumblebee movie that was called Transformers. Right. Yeah. I get your distinction there. Okay. Um, The Flash came out on June 16th. Bust. Bust. Yeah. I had low expectations and somehow it shattered them. It just wasn't good. Bust. Yeah. It just wasn't good. And we don't need to give that movie any more life no. than that. What a what an unfortunate waste of a character. I wish I could go back in time and not have seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, speaking of waste of times, Secret Invasion. Did bust you did you again. did you get through that? Did you end up watching that? Yeah, I finished it. Shoot, I'm sorry. It was a bust. I should have told you not to. Hundred percent bust. What out of all of the movies and shows that we're going to cover here, right here, smack dab in the middle, are the two that really. Like the Flash shouldn't have existed because it was never going to mean anything beyond the Flash movie, and so it was pretty clear that the production of this movie was impacted by that lack of so endurance. Right? Secret Invasion, I think, for me, is worse because for a number of reasons. One, I would secret, agree. The Secret Invasion storyline from the comics is phenomenal. It took years of buildup and paid off in a phenomenal way in the comics. This was the microwaved version, and not only was it microwave, but you burned it. Like you made microwave popcorn, you burned the freaking pot. It was freezer burned because it was so cold. It was so hot. You know what I mean? Yes, it was just. It was rough. It wasn't. Here's the deal. It really wasn't good from the jump. It never had, as my, as I recall, it never had a moment that made you go, "Wow, that was really gripping." And again, it just stunk it from was start not, to finish. It was not a story worth telling. No, and you. Nick Fury up with the scroll who's his wife. It did such a disservice to the character of Nick Fury at minimum. And then, of course, you compound it with, as I just mentioned, the disservice to what should be a really rich storyline buildup. It just couldn't make up its mind what it wanted to do. So at the end, it never should have existed. Right. Yep. So, all right. Moving on. Late June, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny came out on June 30th. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, the seventh installment in the Mission Impossible franchise, came out on July 12th. Oppenheimer came out in July 21st. I finally got around to seeing Oppenheimer, so that's why I included it on this list. You saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. What did you think, my friend? That was a boom. My expectations were... Not the greatest. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I was super excited about this movie. But right, but coming off of Crystal Skull. I was worried. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what they're going to do with this. Right. And by the way, the worst thing, well, not even the worst thing, the cool. At the beginning, they like tease like he was looking for the, the, the dagger that Jesus Christ. Okay. You're inside. Yep. Inside. Yep. That was like what he was looking for originally. Sure. And then they're like, Oh, but here's the dial, too. Mm. It's such a bummer, because it's like, mm-hmm. that would have been the perfect ending, because... Because mm-hmm. it's always those scriptural references. Right. Yep. Because the first yep. tabernacle, the third one's the Holy Grail, and you're like... Yep. Yep. That'd yep. be perfect. Yep. But, right, what a tease. Right. But anyways, I am... Whatever. You do what you need to do. Yep. But, yes. I'm glad it was a worthwhile ride. It's still on my list of movies that I need to watch. I haven't been avoiding it. I just have not prioritized it. So, and especially hearing your uh, enthusiasm for it, I think I can still go into it with reasonable expectations and enjoy it. It's not as good as the originals. No, it no, will never. Can't, be. No, you can't expect it to be. It just has to be. Hey, can it add something to the story and have a good reason for existing? Right. Yeah. 
Um, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. I went and saw that. Have you seen any of the Mission Impossible movies? Um, I've seen them here and there. Here and there. Okay. Someday you'll have to give yourself that gift I watching all of them. I saw the one with Henry Campbell. There you go. When he, re- one. When he reloaded he his fists. Hello. Yes. Yep. Great move. Um, really good movie. Now, it was billed as a part one of two, which, again, hilarious because it's the seventh movie. So what are we really doing here? But it came in just shy of three hours. Like, it was a freaking long, freaking long movie. And so my... My take on it is going to be met expectations. I would love to say boom, like the action, of course, was phenomenal. But when it's being so clearly partnered up with the movie that's to follow, my I give it kind of an incomplete as far as my own uh, response to it. It's chapter one of a chapter, you know, of a two chapter or two part, as they're saying, story. So it was good. It was good. But I just don't know how to feel about it until I see the second part. So that's where I'm at with it. Oppenheimer, finally, finally this past week, got around to seeing it. It's Christopher freaking Nolan. So, of course, it's going to be very well made. Another three-hour banger. Um, to his credit, like, he takes a individual that I, and I would imagine most folks, don't have a whole lot of knowledge of heading into the movie. And it's very gripping in spite of it being very drama-based for three hours. And most of the drama, like... It, it's very character-driven, it's interpersonal, because the part of the movie that has to do with uh, with Oppenheimer developing the atomic bomb, you, we all know how that ends, right? Boom, it blows up, they drop a couple on Japan, so there's really not a lot of, there shouldn't be, I should say, a lot of drama there, and yet Chris, being the wizard that he is, still injects drama into that aspect of the story. So, it was obviously terrific. My only regret is having not gotten around to seeing it in theaters. So I'll take that one to my grave. Um, moving on to the month of August. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem kicked off August on August 2nd. Blue Beetle came out on August 18th. And Ashoka, August 22nd, saw episode one of what will be a multiple season show. Riles, what did you think of the turtle? Boom. Yeah. It's a boom. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a few regrets in there, but definite boom. Hundred percent. Yeah. New direction for the for the franchise in some way. So I agree. A boom. They made the turtles younger. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's to come. I thought they laid a good foundation. The animation was really terrific. Mm-hmm. So totally agree. I'm looking forward to the character development. Yep. Yep. There's some necessary moves that need to happen there. Blue Beetle. I don't know. I need you to help me here. Guide me here. This what? is a boom for me. This is a boom for you? It's 100% a boom. Oh, this you. could have been a bust. We could have came out of that movie being There's like, no doubt. what is this? Because it's Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle is not a very prominent, popular... Like, he's there, and people like him, but he's not like... Not a your-own-movie kind of character. He's not an A-list no. character. Not even a B-list, and really. Right, and this for sure cemented him as a B-list. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a guy I want to see come back. Agreed. I thought they nailed the family aspect of it. Right. I was super bummed when the dad died. Yep. Like. Beat for dad. For me, boom. Yep. I'm going to agree with you on the boom aspect, because what I remember is, as you're speaking is I remember you and I going into the movie saying, hey, we would love to come out of this movie wanting to see more of these characters in the future. And that is where it left us. So in that respect, and again, it's all relative to the expectations. Outside of grandma. 
relative to the expectations, it was it was a boom. It did better than it should have with the characters. I, I have my own qualms with like the story, but as far as the characters were concerned, it introduced and established characters that we would enjoy seeing again and spending time with. Absolutely. So totally agree. Okay, Ahsoka for me was a boom. And I'm going into that show with very few expectations of Ahsoka as a character, the additional characters that obviously were introduced in the show Rebels. So it was for me, it was just there or presented to me as a, hey, enjoy this if you will. And I did enjoy it. So for me, this was a boom. Um, Ray Stevenson, his adversary, R.I.P. Ray, he was terrific yeah. in the show. So it, such a bummer. It, it I haven't seen it, but he's he's a great actor. Yeah, he was he was absolutely terrific. Um the character of Grand Admiral Thrawn, I know, is a huge part of the Rebels TV show. Um, when he makes his first appearance in this show, he lives up to the billing, I think. So I, I thought Ahsoka was really solid. It gave some, uh, I would say, some closure to the relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin. So it was a lot of fun to see Hayden Christensen get some quality time in there as Anakin. So for me, it was a boom. And again, Star Wars ends up being so divisive. I don't think this show deserves vitriol that it's received it's okay if you didn't love it but to me i don't know how you can watch it and not at least go that's that's good i thought it was really good so there you go moving on to the last third of the year loki season two episode one dropped october 5th the marvels dropped on november 10th and of course walkman the lost kingdom september 22nd miles you go first loki season two my man that was a boom hello that's a boom. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. It, it was incredible, wasn't yeah. it? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. They let, they it, it felt like they brought Marvel back. Yep. Yep. They certainly gave Marvel a chance. That's for sure. So totally agree on the boom front. The Marvels, uh, I would say met expectations. It's not in the boom territory for me. It's not in the bust territory for me. Truly, it could be a bust. It did not need to exist, but I enjoyed it. My expectations were really low. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And because of the characters. So... It gave Captain Marvel a more, I'll spend some time with this with this character, personality. So that was helpful. Um, Ms. Marvel was a delight. Uh, and Spectrum. Yeah, I was trying to remember her hero name. I was going to say Rambo, but Spectrum, thank you. Uh, she got a little shortchanged here, I thought, but she was good. She just didn't have as much to do. Um Biggest regret is they just annihilated the villain at the end of the movie, which I think is necessary. They need to kill her off. So for me, it met expectations. It was it was fine. What about you? It was a boom for me. Yeah? Yeah. The <laughs> fact that I went into that movie hating Captain Marvel and I came out and I was like, I don't mind her. Mm-hmm. Like, it redeemed Captain Marvel. It made me actually interested to go see Miss Marvel or watch the show. There you go. I haven't yep. seen it. I yep. can't watch it for a while. But yep. I would at least... Her character intrigues me enough to the point where if I see her in more stuff, maybe I'll go give season one a watch. Right. Right. And right. I already liked Spectrum. I thought she was great. So yep. for you to redeem the Captain Marvel character, I think that alone gives you a boom. That's fair. She had emotions. It was fantastic. She, she had felt layers. guilty right. for doing things. It was right. great. Yep. She wasn't an arrogant asshole like she was in the first one. <laughs> so Yeah, it was much better beat for her character. That's fair take. And, of course, Aquaman Lost Kingdom. We're both on the boom front there, yeah. 
I'm going to say met expectations. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm going to say met expectations. Slightly controversial. I didn't think this was going to be bad. Yep. But it wasn't anything over the top either. Like That's a very honest take by Yes. You. Like, yep. I enjoyed the first Aquaman, so I thought, you know what? I think this one's going to be solid as well. Yep. It came out of that with the same thing. I'm going to say met expectations on Aquaman. Okay. That's fair. I'm probably wanting to feel more positive about it, so I'm going to choose to say boom. Um, but I don't disagree with anything that you just said there. So, right. really solid. Well, that's 2023. Hello. So I think we do the same thing for 2024, and I will take this list and it's great. start listing it off for you. Before we go there, tell me about your take on 2023 as a whole. Right? Are you looking back on it with, hey, that was a great year. Let, let's, let's use the same criteria. Met expectations. So sorry, microphone in my hand, just striking things. Boom, bust your met expectations for you in regards to 2023. Okay. So for live action movies mm. and shows, mm-hmm. it was a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. Marvel had some. When it hit, it hit well, and when it missed, it struck out. There was no really in-betweens. You know, you could maybe make the argument that the Marvels was in-between a little bit. But outside of that, like, oh my gosh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, we're going downhill. We're going downhill. And Guardians, three hits, and you're like, boom, to the moon. Marvel is back. (laughs) Everybody's like, safe. It's great. And then immediately after Secret Secret Invasion, you're like, what are you doing? (laughs) And then Loki comes in, and it's like, that's Oh, and then the marbles, it just that's the end Kinda of the ride. levels off. Yeah. It ends the ride. Yeah. And you're like, what did I just do? Yeah. And that was Marvel. And DC, I would say DC was a slow climb this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Shazam and it was mm-hmm. but then you had Blue Beetle and you had Aquaman, and you're like, yeah. yeah. It didn't end on a terrible note. Yeah. But and I think the animated realm. Every animated movie we watched this year, really I think nailed it. Really impressive, I think, wasn't it? I think we're gonna. I think we're in a new renaissance where animated movies might be the thing. And three very different styles of animation as well, which I think is that much more encouraging to see that. And we talked about this. I think coming out of the uh, well, both mutant mayhem and across the Spider Verse, that hey, as these as this variety is allowed to happen, it's just going to engender that much more variety because you see, you know, you have young artists that can actually do this stuff, right? right? And it's it's inspirational. It encourages, you know, more creativity. And so I totally agree. I think that classifying the movies in that kind of a, that kind of a sense or that kind of a way is really, really well done. And I think we just hit like this new like peak for animation because I think, we're kind of like the styles are just evolving. Yep. And so I think we're in just in this great time right now. And it's, I can't wait to see what else we get. Yeah. Cause it's even like Mario was well animated. Yes. Um, this didn't happen this last year, but like this Puss in Boots sequel that everybody's like, look, like, who's going to go? <laughs> it, it was out of the park and I saw an animation for that. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Right. So, right. and for me, like animation is like, I think that's the best form of media when it comes to shows and TV or shows and movies. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I'll tell you what's really impressive about 
you know, about animation for me is that it has grown to the point where it can it can be taken seriously if it wants to, right? And so it has some real impressive flexibility and fluidity built into it where when it wants to be and across the Spider-Verse and be um and mix in more elements of mature drama can do that and the animation doesn't subtract from that experience right from the feeling of like from the weightiness of a character passing away or for relationship growing or breaking and so the character development portion i think has typically been something that has been so lacking or more thin in animated movies and shows and so and again not all the time but that's the that's kind of the burden of animation is hey can you still allow for those character uh, those characters to be developed and those relationships to grow and i think that to me is the most impressive piece of where animation has come from when i grew up is uh it's it's there and again it's I'm, not, I'm not trying to paint with a wide brush right it's, it's so i'm generalizing here but that's really impressive to me and really encouraging for the future of animation well and i think that's why anime is becoming more and more popular yep. just because i think people are realizing oh this has always existed yeah it's not for kids mm-hmm. a lot of it's not for kids mm-hmm. it's for a more mature audience right. and seeing what they can do with it you're just right. like oh this is just another way to tell a good story yeah and it works really well yeah and neither you neither you nor i have gotten into the uh the invincible uh animated show which of course is based off the graphic novel but everything we've heard about that has been phenomenal, right? And so, it's it's only to me. This is such a entertainment is such a competitive environment that when you increase the depth of that competition, in other words, you always have a certain amount of quantity. And the quantity, this is something I wanted to reflect on. My gosh, has the quantity just gotten to me bloated? Like there's too much overall content, and so quality becomes that much more necessary and so i'm encouraged when i see quality coming from perhaps unexpected places because you have to have competition not just in terms of the sheer volume but in the actual quality of the content and so kudos to the animated side of that holding up and then some it's end of the bargain to be sure absolutely yeah totally agree with your assessment on the marvel side dc Bill, the only thing that's regretting, you know, regretful, I think, about 2023 is that what did either Marvel or DC build to, right? DC is having a hard reset. Marvel, we get to the end of this year, and I don't know what to look, you know, what to hope for in 2024. Again, Loki was such a phenomenal conclusion, but after Guardians, which tied off and was really self-contained in its own right, Marvel really missed in 2023 when it came to movies building their universe. And that is unfortunate in my opinion. Yeah, because everything that was good was tying things off. Right. right. So uh, for me, it wasn't a bust. It certainly wasn't a boom, but it's not quite a met expectations either. So it's somewhere in that gray area between bust and met expectations for me of 2023. I just think there's opportunity that was that was missed. Now the highs were very high and were outstanding. I probably enjoyed just because my expectations were so modest. The you know the Star Wars content as much as anything. The two you know Mandalorian and then Ahsoka I found really enjoyable. But there's room to grow. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. I agree. Yeah. All right. 
appreciate it. That's that's what I wanted to hit on with 2023. We can move on. Okay. So, hmm. um, we will do the boom bust. Let's do it as well. Yep. So the first three we have on deck. We have Echo. Yep. January 9th. Sure. Madam Web. February 14th. Right on Valentine's Day. And uh, so take your loved ones there. Or don't if you just love them. You know what? If you're looking to break up with someone, there you go. There's and then afterwards, that's why they're doing yeah, this. Because afterwards, she might be like, it's not it's not me. It's you. <laughs> you might I'll take it. That's fine. And March 1st, I have Dune 2. Wow. So, Loco, you think that'll meet, boom, or bust? I don't think it'll boom. I don't. I think it can meet expectations. I, I have too many... So many doubts about this show even existing. Agreed. For me to put my money on Boom. Now, where it has a chance, it's including Kingpin, it's including Daredevil, and it's only five episodes. So it tells me that there's a chance for it to not have filler. The problem is, Echo doesn't need her own show. Correct. And so the show, as far as I can look at it right now, is just filler. By definition, and I don't think any amount of Kingpin and Daredevil can redeem that. So, at best, to me, Echo can just meet expectations. I'm going to gamble, and I'm going to say boom. I love your options. And I'm going to gamble because of Daredevil. Yep. And because I feel like Fisk is going to have such an integral and important role in this yep. that I'm hoping that this show is labeled Echo, but it's really a Wilson Fisk movie show. Okay, sure. So, sure. we'll see how much Kingpin we get in this, mm-hmm. because I think the level of Kingpin we get will determine exactly how good this show is. There's and so because of that, and I think his presence is going to be felt right from the get-go, not yeah. like in Hawkeye. Right. I think this is going to be a boom. Yeah. It's yeah. a gamble, but I'm going to say boom. I love the optimism. Um, Madame Webb. That's straight up bust. Madam Web is a bust. Why does it even exist? My expectations what is Sony are doing? low, and I think it'll be a bust. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I truly don't know how this movie exists. I don't even know if I want to see this movie. No, no, we might go see it for the sheer hilarity of it. Because of Morbius. Because of Morbius. <laughs> yes. So oh. some people just like to watch fires because it's hot. So mm-hmm. and that's Yeah. That's where that... That might not have come out the way that I wanted, but you understand what I'm saying. I know what you mean. No, I like the phrasing. Put it on a t-shirt. Dune 2, boom me all the way. Boom me. I I get... The the first movie was kind of there for me, so I'm going to say it'll meet expectations. I'm willing to go see it. Yeah. It's, it's, again, it's It's one of those things where it's like... You got... It's one of those... posture towards it. It's a slow burn. Yeah. Like, it's a very slow burn. The first one, that's what I felt like. Mm. Was it the first one? No question. It's a slow burn. And it felt like a lot of setup for as slow of a burn as it was. That was me. So, and I also don't have any background with this at all. So, no, you're not wrong. And something that I heard uh, that I thought made a lot of sense in response to the first Dune movie. And this is someone who, mind you, has read the Dune books uh, and is a fan of them. This is actually criticism he levied at the movie. He's like, it's too much like the book. Like, I don't know how someone who doesn't know the book going into it is supposed to like understand and enjoy this movie. And I thought that was a fascinating critique coming from someone who likes the book and, and likes the movie, but he's going, how, how is this accessible for someone who doesn't have some pre-existing knowledge or understanding? Right. Because for me, 
coming from Game of Thrones. Yep. Right? Where Game yep. of Thrones has all the different houses, right? Yes. But sure. they make you sure. know exactly what each house is about yep. from the first get from the get-go. Yep. You know the Lannisters are kind of sleazy. Mm-hmm. You know that the heart and soul of this is going to be the Starks. Yep. Right? You're gonna be rooting yep. for the Starks every turn yep. that you can get. Right. So and that's kind of how I felt. Like, you know that there's definitely a good house and you know that there's a bad house. But at the same time, you don't know them well enough to be like, mm-hmm. why are they fighting for so long? Yeah. I, and I, the reason I bring that critique up is it's very accurate. Book is entirely the same way where you are just thrown into the story. And you're reading about these houses and you're legitimately in the middle of the story, right? So there's no pre-existing or there's no setup for you. You just have to kind of play catch up as you go. Interesting. So it's it's a challenging read, worthwhile. But anyway, to not get stuck on Dune, I'm really looking forward to the second movie. Back half of the Dune book is loaded up with the action. So Good. I would like to say that it's going to be a little more accessible in that respect. Now, that being said, Denny, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, Villanueva, I think. I shouldn't even try, you know, but here I am trying. He's a slow burn kind of guy. Like, those are his movies. So regardless of how the trailers look loaded with action, uh, I, I take those with a grain of salt. Nonetheless, I'm looking forward to it. All right. All right. Next, we have Kung Fu Panda. Four in March. I put that in there for myself. All about that. And then uh, put another one in here for myself. X-Men 97, which is a sequel to the X-Men 90s animated series. Yep. And then we have Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I threw in there for you. You put that in there for me. Bless you. So Kung Fu Panda, I think, will be a boom. It's got to be. I mean, it's got Jack coming back, right? Yep. He's coming back. That's all you need. Um, So... 100%. 100%. I think that is going to be a boom. I just watched the entire trilogy this last month. So it's nice. I'm very happy about it. So, yes, that's where I'm at with that. That's great. Um, X-Men 97. I want to go back and watch the X-Men 90s okay. series before this comes out. Okay. Um, But I think this will be a boom. I think this will be good. Especially if they have, like, the returning voice cast, which I don't know. Mm. But if they have a bunch of stuff coming through with it, right. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'll be fascinated... I agree. Kung Fu Panda, boom. X-Men 97 should be a boom. I just don't even know what to expect from it, right? And so I'm I'm kind of hovering in that more of meets expectations realm at the moment, but I am looking forward to it nonetheless. I'm looking forward to the fact that we're getting anything X-Men That's a great in the point. media. That's a great point. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. We're, almost, we're coming back. Yeah. No question. And then I'll let you speak on Kingdom yeah. of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, the, the three movies um, that came out in the Planet of the Apes universe, you want to call it that, I believe all three were directed by Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves most recently directed uh, The Batman, Phil Bob Pattinson. Uh, the first one was fine. The second one was phenomenal. And the third one, I went into it with such high expectations, and perhaps it never could be met. It just wasn't as good as the second one, in my opinion. But... I don't know. I haven't looked into who is behind the camera here for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, but all I've seen as it regards or as it pertains to this movie was the first trailer that they released just a couple weeks ago, 
And again, like the CGI is just incredible. And so the concept is always weird to me, like a kingdom of monkeys. Why would that be appealing? I still don't have an answer to that question, by the way. I don't know. But it looks really freaking cool. It looks a lot cooler than the movies from like the 80s that had people dressed up in monkey costumes. So, And don't think about the name too much. Kingdom of the Planet. Kingdom of the Planet. Oh, wow. So, so that makes sense. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm anticipating boom here for that one. All right. Yep. Next, we're getting some meat. Hi-oh. We got Deadpool 3. Come on. We, got jo- we have Craven, And then we have Joker 2. July, August, and October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Deadpool 3, that's going to be a boom. It's 100% going to be a boom. How can it not be? Exactly. How can My it not expectations be? are already high, and it's going to be a boom. That's where they should be living. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. This is a movie that should have high expectations going into it and should meet them. Absolutely. Or exceed them, rather. Yes. yes. Craven? I... <laughs> this is a tough one. I just don't think it's going to be good, right? So it could meet my expectations in that respect. But I feel like that's a bummer because Craven should be a great villain. He shouldn't have his own movie. Yeah. I don't get this. Not yet. I don't understand. No. I, it's, or ever. It feels like they're setting him up to fail as yeah. a character. And so, again, it's just Sony making the movie so they don't have to give up the rights. And Ooh, So what, what? what's your pick? You're going to say bust? Or you bust. Gonna say, yeah. It's a bust, man. I'm going to say meet expectations. Okay. okay. And that might be because I'm playing Spider-Man 2 and my Craven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craven. The bar for Craven. I think that's the bar. Yeah. <laughs> hundred percent. You haven't played that game yet. Holy shit. They do so good with him. So he's been a villain with a capital V. Look, I am. I'm a big Craven guy. Yep. A hundred percent. I think he's one of the most underrated Spider-Man villains out there. Right. Um, so my expectations, I think they're going to be met. I don't think the movie's going to be fantastic. I don't think the movie's going to be poo poo. Okay. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, I'm going to go with meet expectations. That's great. Joker two. I'm gonna say bust. I don't know why they touch this franchise again. I don't. It, it, they're doing a musical, which seems odd. Lady Gaga. This is look. I like my Joker with with Batman. Yeah. So I have no interest in just a Joker solo run. Right. So that's just me. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like I still haven't seen and never will see. Quite frankly, the uh, the first Joker movie. You haven't seen it either. No, I feel so much better. No. I get so much shit for not seeing that movie. No, like, I had no interest. No, I I don't. You know that I don't like horror movies, right? Right, and I understand Joker's not a horror movie, but it's just there to like to be creepy, and I that's not what I want to spend my time with. Well, like, I I don't want to watch a movie about a bad guy in general. I just don't like antihero. Okay. Joker's not an antihero. He's a villain and he's a creepy, messed up, nasty villain that I want to see Batman defeat. Like I want to see him and Batman clash. I want to see him in a solo movie. It depends on the villain for me. A hundred percent. Okay. Like if it was Magneto and a Brotherhood of Mutants and it was yeah, but there, Michael there's, some, there's an antihero flavor right, there, right? Okay, that's like fair. His motives, you can at least understand his motives. The Joker's just nuts. Joker's just a psycho. And, I think they took one of the best parts of the Joker away in the fact that he's not supposed to have an origin. No. Like, he's just supposed right. to be a lunatic. Just it's exist. not supposed to matter. Yeah. So, that's kind of a yep. bummer for me. Yeah. I, I'm just not even going to see it, but yeah, it'll it'll exist. I love Lady Gaga, by the way. Like, she's a stud. She's a stud. 
Okay. Still not going to go see it. Fair enough. Okay, so uh, we have next, we have Agatha, which is release of fall of 2024. Okay. We have Venom 3. Really? I did not know it was coming out. Really? And we oh, have boy. Gladiator 2. Um, I have not seen the first Gladiator. But anyways, Don't. start off with Agatha. I think I already know what you're going to say about Agatha. Must with a capital B. Uh, that's a capital B, capital U. Mm-hmm. That's capital T. Yeah, a bust. That is a bust. What are we 100%. doing? What are we doing? Why put time, energy, and resources, respectfully, into this character? And Catherine Hahn's awesome. What? So it has nothing to do with her and her abilities. This character doesn't need their own... No. Right. Aubrey Plaza's in it. I, lo- I love her. Right. I don't want to see her in this. No. No. I don't know what we're doing. I don't get it. Just whatever. Venom 3, though. So that's a thing. I'm going to go with met- meet expectations. Because I loved the first one. Yep. The second one was kind of a bust. They didn't do that one a service at all. No. That the second was... one was a bust. Yeah. But this third one... I'm assuming Toxin's going to be the villain. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. I, yep. You know, it's probably going to be the end of Tom Hardy as Venom in his own movies. So sure. that's a bummer because I really like his Eddie Brock. Yep. But. I hope it's a good bounce back. I'll, I'll say I that. I hope it meets, I hope so meets expectations as well. I hope they just tie the knot and give Tom Hardy a nice little ending. Yep. Or And if they decide to, bring him back for the regular MCU because I would love that. That's honestly. incredible too. So that's where I'm at. Yep. And then Gladiator 2. First of all, no shame on you for having not seen the first one. Because that came out in like 2000. So why would you have seen that? Gladiator is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's incredible. What on earth? What on earth are we doing making a sequel? There is no need for a sequel. There's not. This shouldn't exist. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. This is a bust. All the way. Great. All the way. Um, I'd love to be proven wrong, but this is just this just seems silly. So, the rest of this are all to be determined. Yep, no they have not been announced yet. So we have Beyond the Spider Verse. Yep, uh, your friendly neighborhood Spider Man, which is the animated Spider Man show that they announced a couple of years ago. Okay, and we have Marvel Zombies, which is to be determined. But if it's not in October, they're stupid. So, um, <laughs> Halloween theme. I get Beyond that. the Spider Verse. That's going to be a, a boom. Oh, there is no doubt. Do we have a like? Estimation as to when that's no. being released. In I've also heard rumors that that might get pushed back to 2025. And you know what? If it needs to take that time, don't rush it. Also, pay your animators and your CGI people. Yeah, those guys yeah. are heavily underpaid and overworked. Yeah, just gonna say that. Yeah. Um. Okay. I don't know how to feel about Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man. I'm gonna say meet expectations. Okay. Looks like they're gonna have Osborns involved. That's just how I deal with Spider Man animated shows. There's been a Pretty lot. standard meet expectations. I'm just going to say meet expectations fair to enough. be fair, and we'll just go from there afterwards. Yep. And are we going like adult-oriented, kid-oriented, this, somewhere in the They're middle? going straight out. They're going with a high school. It's going to be a high school Peter Parker. And to me, I'm so tired of high school Peter. Yep. I. This is yep. why the Spider-Man PS4 games are so fantastic, because it started off with Spider-Man 10 years into the gig. Yep. He's in his 30s. Yep. He knows what he's doing. Is he still down on his luck a little bit? Yeah, but always, like always, just part of the charm, right? Yeah. So okay. And Marvel Zombies, I'm also gonna go with the meet expectations because I'm probably not gonna watch that. It's just dumb. 
it up. It shouldn't exist. There's too much quantity. Like you have a limited, even in this, I'm going to go on a little rant here. Even in the Disney Marvel world where you are at the very top in terms of the amount of resources you have at your disposal. I think the last few years have said this as much as anything. You can go too far when it's in terms of trying to pump out sheer volume. And we've discussed this ad nauseum. So limit yourself to what you can do really well. If you can do it really well, great. And so, you know what? If you can do Marvel Zombies really well, great. But you won't. It doesn't need to exist. This is dumb. This is foolish. This is not a good use of resources. There's a niche audience for it, and I'm not it. So, and to me, I feel like you have to go with a mature rating to make this work. Because it's zombies, and they tear people apart. Good grief. So, anyways, now we're on to the DC animated sides. Okay. I'm going to do four, because there's four of them. Okay. Well, not, yeah, just DC in general. The Penguin. Yep. We have Hype Man. Is that supposed to be animated? Yeah, it's from the Harley Quinn animated series. It's a spinoff. And then you have Creature Commandos, which, again... Bullshit, James. Superman is not starting that. <laughs> and then uh, we have Batman the Caped Crusader. Mm. And I will touch on that last, but the Penguin, where are you at with that? Oh, boom me all the way. I'm also going to say boom. Boom me all the way. I love Colin Farrell. My yeah. mom watched the Batman for the first time last night. Right. She she paused it and she looks at me and she's like, that's Colin Farrell? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he nailed it, didn't he? They're like, like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I know. Yeah. So. They're... Don Farrell and his portrayal of the Penguin in general would be worthy of a spinoff. Absolutely interesting. There is a, you've heard me reference this before, there is a, there's a comics branch that came out like early 2000s that was just based around, written by Ed Brubaker, just based around the Gotham City Police Department. And this is while Batman is in existence, but it did not focus on Batman. It was essentially a look at how the Gotham City Police Department operates with Batman, you know, obviously out there. And I think this is a similar take or at least twist as far as a, hey, let's look at the criminal underworld of right. Gotham, which is obviously extraordinarily uh, rich. So I'm all for all for this. Loving it. Doing me all the way. Kite man. What am I going to watch? Should we don't even... <laughs> should it falls in the same category as Agatha or as Marvel Zombies. It's like... Don't. I'm not even going to speak on it because I haven't seen the Harley Quinn show and I know no. that was good. Just don't. From what I've heard. Yeah. So I'm just going to not speak on it. Yep. Okay. Future Commandos. You can't pay me money to be interested in this, James. You can't. Future Commandos? Correct. So your expectations is a bust? It'll probably be good for those that watch it. And so I'm just going to go off my personal preference. Bust. Spare me this. I'm going to say meet expectations. Okay. Because I, I don't know what to come that what's going to come out of it. It's one of those niche things. But I look at... I look at yep. this as a Guardians of the Galaxy situation. It's James Gunn. So is this supposed to be animated or is yes, it... it's animated. Yeah. So right, right. James will find a story to tell that will be worthwhile, and therefore I'm going to say meet expectations. Okay. Well, there's some time between now and whenever it comes out to change my heart. Now, Batman Cape Crusader. Hello. This has Bruce Tim on it, which for those of you who don't know who Bruce Tim is, was responsible for the Batman, the animated series mm-hmm. from the 90s, which mm-hmm. is like the penultimate version of Batman to some people. For use of the word penultimate. Well, I'm surprised I used it right. So uh, we have Matt Reeves, who's involved with this project, who's been involved with everything else Batman. We have J.J. Abrams involved in this, who's like... J.J.'s pretty good at what he does, typically. Correct. Yeah. And then 
Oh boy. Jeff Brubaker, yep. the co-creator of The Winter Soldier. Yep. Yep. Uh, is that the movie or the actual the actual book? Ed Ed writes banger stuff. So he's written banger stuff on the Marvel and DC side. He's phenomenal. This and I believe it is an Amazon exclusive show. Okay. This has some potential. Yep. You've got the right leadership in place for this to be incredible. This could be really, really good. So uh-huh. I'm gonna say that's gonna be a boom. That's hundred percent. I think that's gonna at it. I think that's gonna take over. If you manage to mess this up and you're these four guys, then I don't know what you're doing. They assembled the Avengers for this project. Yeah, it should be. It's all about finding the right balance and leveraging the appropriate strengths that each of these uh, creative guys can bring to the table. But this should be incredible. Okay. And then now we have the two Star Wars shows for this year. Yep. Okay. We have Skeleton Crew. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have the Acolyte. Now, Skeleton Crew is with all the kidnapped kids, and it's Jude Law as the main character. And Animated or live action? This is live action. So, kidnapped kids, flesh that out for me a little bit. I don't know much else about it. Okay. It's like, it has something to do with pirates, and I believe they kidnapped a bunch of kids. Okay. And it's like Jude Law trying to get these kids free or something like that. Fascinating. Okay. Um, Okay. I probably also did a very poor job of explaining the synopsis for it. Um, but won't hold you to it. Anyway, Jude Law. Yeah, Jude Law's in <laughs> it. Um, I'm just gonna say I have zero expectations, so yeah. it'll just meet expectations. Yeah. Um, then we have the Acolyte, okay. which is a Sith, a Sith focused show mm-hmm. about this person becoming like the next big Sith master. Right. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is gonna be a bust, okay, because I saw what they did with Obi Wan. Um, I have not heard decent rumblings for this show. Yep. So I'm just going to go out and say this might be a bust, which is a bummer to say. Hmm. I'll go with meet expectations at this point in time with what little we know about both of these shows. I I have personally, and I, I love the, truly, I enjoy the place I'm in with Star Wars. Like I have a pretty neutral ex- set of expectations. And so this past year, I went back and watched Andor. Hadn't seen it when it originally came out. Really enjoyed that. Obviously, we've already talked about Mandalorian and Ahsoka, but I have enjoyed, point is, I've enjoyed the most recent Star Wars shows that I have watched. And so I am interested in watching both Skeleton Crew and The Acolyte. But I'm not going to get extraordinarily hyped up for either of them. I'm just saying, hey, I think they can be good. I'm I'm not going to say I'm going to watch them until I see a trailer. I want to see what this is going to look like before I just go in. Guns blazing, you know? Yep. So that's 2024. Okay. So holistically to 2024, a couple observations that I have. One, Marvel needs Deadpool 3 to hit and to just be incredible. Bob, I swear to God, if you piss off Ryan Reynolds, you're dead to me and I will I will uninstall Disney Plus. I'm not even lying to you. I, I swear to you, on my totally life, fair. if you do anything to upset Ryan Reynolds, you're done. <laughs> Absolutely done. Okay, I'm done now. Go ahead. It is a real concern, I think, on the Marvel front for wanting Marvel. Because I do. I want Marvel to be healthy. I want Marvel to do well. It is concerning to me that there is not a single Avengers movie. Like, it's 2024. It's been since Endgame. That we've had next year, right? Right, twenty twenty five. Are you kidding? 
that's too long. I think it'll get pushed back again, too. You do, too. I do, too. Like, it is, for as much as Loki has given the MCU a chance, just by showing that the quality can be there and it's done what it can to build up the character of Kang, unless Kang is involved in some respect in Deadpool 3, which I think is very unlikely, this is this is just strange. Like, this is going to be a tough... I think a tough year for Marvel. And that's not because there's not good individual items sprinkled in here. X-Men 97, obviously Deadpool 3. Adam, I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't even make that joke. Maybe Echo will be good, but this just seems like a very light in terms of both quantity and quality for Marvel. And we skipped over what if neither of us have finished watching it yet, but that's almost a nothing burger to me. It'll meet, it'll meet expectations. It'll meet expectations. So uh, I'm a little worried on that front. DC gets the benefit of a of a reset, so there's really no expectations for DC at this point. Um, but I'll be fascinated to fascinated to see more than anything like the news that comes out in the meantime. I hope they do well with these animated and you know the animated projects, the TV shows. So there's a there's opportunity, but I see what I see more than anything is just a vacuum that's waiting to be filled. Right. Right. It'll this be is, interesting to see what fills it. It really, it really will be. So that, those are my overall takeaways as we look ahead. I agree. 2024. Okay. Anything else on that front, my guy? We are at an hour and 25. Revens to Betsy. So with, we can rep, well, we've already talked about all these movies being booms, busts, whatever. Right. Right. I think we can just go back and forth real quick with this top five Let's and we, we call it a day. I agree. So I agree. Would you like so we did our top five best of twenty twenty three? Yep. Um I mean I think we knew this was gonna be a meteor episode. So there's no doubt. And I I'm I've been enjoying it. I'll go first with my number five. For me, my number five, Mandalorian season three. For me, TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Nice. Your number four. My number four. I forgot. <laughs> forgot we go <laughs> snake. Okay. Uh number four, Blue Beetle. Okay, I had it above TMNT. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Number four is Oppenheimer. Fair enough. Yep. And mind you, quality of that movie—it's incredible. Like it's really well made. All right. It's not my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. It's really good. I'm glad I saw it. I don't watch it again, but I'm glad I, I saw probably it. Probably won't ever see it. it. It was it was really good. Unless a pretty girl tells me to go. With there you go. And watch it with her. That's, that's good. That's a good reason to do it. So. Uh, my number three is Across the Spider Verse. My number three is Loki mm-hmm. season two. Mm, good on you. Good and then my you. number two is Across the Spider. There you are. I know. <laughs> my number two is Guardians volume three. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Meaning my number one, Loki. I think that's ballsy. It is ballsy. Because my, my number one is Guardians three. I, Guardians three by a mile. By a mile for you? By a mile. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to strongly disagree. Recency bias could be coming in here. I have certainly watched Loki season two more recently than I saw fair. Guardians Volume Three. That's so fair. I think I think both are great. Both our threes, both our are top fingers. three, are the same, and I think they're interchangeable. I think you can make an argument for them all being the best. Yeah, no, totally agree. I, I enjoy the long form storytelling of Loki season two. That's probably why for me it's at the top. But I'm not going to dispute any of those three being uh, being at the top. My honorable mentions: Hawkman, Lost Kingdom. I really enjoyed it. I did. I'm going to look back on that one fondly. Ahsoka, that was really good for me. 
Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. It was, again, it was great. It was very good entertain, very good entertainment. Just don't know what to think of it until we see part two. So those are, these are all fair. Uh, yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones for me would be, you know, an honorable mention. I think Mario Brothers is a another good honorable mention. For sure. Um, and yeah, I would agree. Yeah, there we go. That's good. Wow. Twenty twenty three is over. How about twenty twenty four? This is crazy, man. Yeah, strangely okay with it. Strangely okay with it. I'm ready. It's good to turn the page and, and see what comes next. So, yeah, that's all I got for you, my brother. Yeah, well Absolutely. done. Great year. So great year. Let's take us home. On that note. Uh, I'm really tired, so I'm not going to do the whole spiel. Uh, so, you know, just watch our stuff, subscribe, like, do whatever. Appreciate all of you that yeah. do. What a treat. Absolutely. Thank you for being with us for a whole nother year. Mm-hmm. And I hope you guys stick around for next year. Oh, we'll be Because it's only going to be getting better and better. Ratchet it up, baby. So, love it. On that note, Godspeed. Peace.